the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, if he's awake yet, I would imagine it is uh, quite a celebratory morning for President Joe Biden at the White House. Democrats turning cartwheels uh, all over the nation, probably stopping traffic in most of America's major cities. uh, Because, uh, as of about eh, 45 minutes ago, the Supreme Court of the United States overturned the last law that ingrained racism as a law in our country. Woohoo! Let's celebrate, Democrats! That is where we begin a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show uh, with sarcasm at the irony of the Supreme Court, which Democrats hate, by the way. They hate the Supreme Court. They hate the 6-3 majority. They hate it because Chief Justice John Roberts, who's kind of squishy, but on this, got it right, saying that the only way to end discrimination is to end discrimination. Yes, that is the only way. His opinion piece said it perhaps a bit more eloquently. Eliminating racial discrimination means eliminating all of it. And so affirmative action as a box to check on admissions to colleges which is what was going on at North Carolina and Harvard, the two parties in this particular lawsuit that lost before the Supreme Court, uh, is a box that can no longer be factored into admitting people to college. Now, this is a long, 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 long journey that has taken us from the point where the Supreme Court took a 180-degree different opinion that affirmative action was necessary and did not violate the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause to now, similar to the fact that we had abortion for 50 years in our country, sanctioned by the Supreme Court until it was overturned last year. Uh, Now, the conservative court, thank you, Donald Trump, has, at least in theory, outlawed advantaging people solely because of race. Wait a second. I just said Joe Biden is probably turning cartwheels at the White House because, you know, he's against racism. I see racism everywhere. And the fact that we could uh, have a court that would outlaw racism, that ought to make Joe Biden happy. But just down the hall from Joe Biden is the office of the vice president of the United States, or at least I presume it to be so. Is Kamala Harris celebrating this ruling? Because she is the vice president, chiefly because she is black. Ah, The fact that she's a woman helps, but if she wasn't black, she wouldn't be the vice president of the United States. Which, come to think of it, that same 
non-coincidence, applies to Katanji Brown-Jackson, who is a Supreme Court justice, chiefly because she is black. I don't mean she's not smart. I don't mean she doesn't have the degrees. I don't mean she doesn't have the credentials, maybe. But what did Joe Biden say when he was going to hire, hire, appoint a vice president? He's looking for a black woman. And if you don't think Kamala Harris's blackness allowed her to become the vice president over every other credential that she claims to possess, consider the fact that she got the gig despite accusing Joe Biden of being a racist in the first Democratic debate. (laughs) So you can call Joe Biden what Democrats must think is the most vile insult you can hurl at someone because they hurl it at the right all the time in every situation. But Kamala Harris being black soothed that ugliness and allowed her to become vice president. Now, oh, I just had a delicious thought. Can't wait for this afternoon's White House press briefing. Will Corinne Jean-Pierre be at the podium or will she be out on her incompetent derriere? Because she too has her job because she's black and gay, which, you know, can't say that the being black trumped the being gay part. It's a package deal with Corinne Jean-Pierre. Obviously, I'm kidding. Kamala Harris isn't going anywhere because to get rid of her would be racist even though hiring her for the reason they hired her was also racist. That kind of racism is what the Supreme Court says is not allowed anymore. But with a presidential administration that, let's review, shall we? Instituted a COVID vaccine mandate while admitting out loud that it likely lacked the constitutional muscle to do so. That instituted student loan forgiveness, which is maybe the next item in the crosshairs of the Supreme Court's high-powered rifle. Even though Biden said at the time, eh, we'll, we'll forgive student loan and we'll see what happens in the courts. Instituted a rent moratorium, which he also said he knew he did not have the constitutional muster to institute, I think it has been proven by the Biden administration and by its underlings and acolytes that they don't really care whether or not what they are doing is blatantly unconstitutional. And so on something that they perceive to be almost, because nothing is as precious as abortion, but almost as precious as mutilating children in the womb, if not with puberty blockers and gender reassignment surgery, when the kids have actually somehow managed not to be aborted. I doubt the Biden administration will suddenly see the error of its ways and stop doing what it has been doing for decades, decades and decades and decades and decades. We have affirmative action. Because of Democrats, we have the great society and ridiculous, ineffective spending on the war on poverty because of Democrats. 
we have rampant abortion because of Democrats. Every single societal ill we have, we have because Democrats have pushed it and staunchly fought to preserve it. And so to think that they will stop using race as a key component of admissions in colleges or promotions at work is a foolhardy exercise. That will not happen. Here is Jonathan Turley, George Washington University law professor, saying as much. I've been teaching for 30 years, I promise you. Uh, right now, uh, college admissions staffs are working on the next generation of applications. Uh, they could encourage applicants to share any struggles they've had with racial discrimination. The essays will still identify the race of the applicant. Uh, and I expect that high school admissions officers are taking these three lines from uh, the opinion and saying, write this, you know, write about your your struggles. So there's going to be a displacement factor here. But for just Chief Justice Roberts, this is an amazing moment. He feels that it's still important to say that it's wrong to reduce people to a box. It's wrong to try to lower the number of Asian Americans admitted because they're Asian Americans. Uh, that is going to be a lasting uh, and important part of his legacy. Mm, we'll see. Because being John Roberts is to take the um, position that firmly plants you atop a tower of jello. He couldn't strongly condemn affirmative action and say that it would not be allowed in any shape or form. He had to also qualify it, in his opinion, with the three lines Jonathan Turley just spoke about that no doubt will be used to buttress the left's attempt to preserve while hiding its allegiance to race-based decisions. Here's what Roberts wrote. Nothing in this opinion should be construed as prohibiting universities from considering an applicant's discussion of how race affected his or her life, be it through discrimination, inspiration, or otherwise. But despite the dissent's assertion to the contrary, universities may not simply establish through application essays or other means the regime we hold unlawful today. Wow. John Roberts has a favorite animal, it would most definitely be an invertebrate. Of course, Justices Katanji Brown-Jackson and Sotomayor, Sonia Sotomayor, uh, penned dissents. Of course they did, because their, his, their heritage, their ethnicity, their sex played greatly in their appointments to the Supreme Court. Sotomayor said the majority opinion further entrenches racial inequality in education. So it's, it's definitely one of those good news, bad news scenarios. The good news is affirmative action has been outlawed. The bad news is we have a lawless administration that doesn't really care what the law says. Well, we uh, have another win for the right from the Supreme Court. Although this one, I think, is going to be, uh, as they say in Washington, weaponized against the rest of us. There's a postal worker in Pennsylvania who set aside Sunday as his Sabbath. He went to church on Sundays. 
He was then told by his employer, the U.S. Postal Service, that he had to deliver Amazon packages on Sundays. Like, can you find another day? This is the day I set aside as a day of rest, a day to worship. They were like, no, you got to work. So he filed a lawsuit, went to court. Now the Supreme Court says that unless it is an undue hardship for the business, they have to accommodate its workers when they express a faith-based request in the workplace. Sounds like a win-win, right? I can see where this will be used to demand things that I would I would probably deem unreasonable. And the reason why I deem them unreasonable is because they're not tenets of my particular faith. This is where I would have to work pretty hard to be respectful of other religious practices because we must guard our religious freedom in this country. That is why we have a country. It is what motivated the pilgrims to come to America, which led to the America that we, I was going to say that we have today. It, it led to the America that we had when I was a kid, right? I'd like to have that America back. I don't really love the America that we have right now. I love it more than any other place. Don't get me wrong. But I don't really love the America we have now relative to the America we had as a kid, where no workplace would have required a worker to work on Sunday. But now we've become so polarized, so partisan, so ideological in all of our beliefs, and we have become much less tolerant of others who may believe differently than we do. So does this mean, this ruling from the Supreme Court, saying that they can't require a Pennsylvania postal worker to work on Sunday, does this mean that at... uh, Whatever time of the afternoon where uh, Muslims bow toward Mecca or whatever that particular practice is of that particular faith, that every workplace in America is going to have to make an accommodation for that? Perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know. But I'm going to take the win on affirmative action today with great delight because it points out the absurdity of the left's position that America is systemically racist, which they will tell you all day long, while now bellyaching about the fact that we can't use race as a way to elevate someone over someone else of a different race in college admissions. Those two things don't make sense, but very little that the left contends does make sense. Uh, The chief race hustler, Ibram X. Kendi, has said before some variation of the fact that the only cure for discrimination in the past is discrimination in the present. That is a ridiculous, ridiculous position. When would that equation balance is what I would like to know. Now, I have given up getting Ibram Kendi or Robin D'Angelo or Ta-Nehisi Coates or Joe Biden to answer that question because none of them, including Joe Biden, ever sit down on a panel with people who think differently than they do and subject themselves to differing opinions and argue for the merits of their own position. Only conservatives do that. Only Republicans do that. And why do we do that? Why are we very comfortable doing that? Because to be a conservative is to know what you believe and why you believe it. 
and to be able to defend it from a truth position, not from a feelings position. Democrats will argue for the, oh, because it feels right, seems right. No, no. Demonstrate it factually. Like, remember in geometry class where you'd have a theorem on the board and you'd have to go down and articulate all the things you already knew, all the things that had already proven in order to get to the point where you could prove this new assertion about some geometric principle. A equals B, B equals C, therefore A equals C. That was the process. Democrats can't run that process. They can't do it. Their arguments fall apart all the time. So I'm not counting on Democrats to feel like they've been sufficiently scolded, called out, banned from figuring out a way to work affirmative action into college admissions, hiring practices, and the like. Uh, Here's Ken Marcus, who was the Department of Education Assistant Secretary of Civil Rights under Donald Trump, saying that, sure, you got the court ruling, that's one thing, but don't expect the Biden administration to raise the white flag of surrender. Ready to give up, I'm sure. What I think that we should look for is for the Biden administration to come up with guidance that will try to give colleges and universities some way of doing an end run around uh, the Supreme Court's ruling. It is important to keep a close eye on any potential guidance coming out of the U.S. Education Department uh, and the Justice Department. I expect that they have been planning on this for quite some time, and we need to be ready for it. We do need to be ready for it. That suggests that the Biden administration is smart enough to develop a strategy that those of us on the right will be unable to detect. If only that were the only thing we had to fear, it unfortunately is not the only thing we have to fear, because once the Biden administration realizes that there is no plausible end around that will allow them to continue with their affirmative action practices, they have another fallback position that also makes it very hard to apply what the Supreme Court ruled today into actual practice when it comes to college admissions and hiring. The U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights, which I headed during the uh, Trump and George W. Bush administration, should be doing compliance reviews to make sure that colleges are complying with the new rules coming out of the Supreme Court. Don't bet on it. Don't expect them to do that because uh, they are not on the same side uh, as the uh, as the law. We do need those compliance reviews, uh, but sadly, I expect that they will have to await a new administration. Yeah, you're putting in charge of enforcing something, people who do not believe in that something, and people who do not believe that they are bound by the nonpartisan determinations of a Supreme Court that is leaning toward originalism rather than uh, ingraining feelings in law. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.